Good evening, grave robbers, and welcome back to the television graveyard. We are your TV necromancers, Lara Prince and Noah Houlihan. We have come here tonight to examine the spirits of past television shows, to find out which ones could be resurrected, should be resurrected, and which ones should stay doomed. This will be a podcast in which we analyze the history, the hype, and the aftermath of season three of our own show. With me, as always, is TV's Noah Houlihan. Listen to me! Remember? Do you remember what episode that's from? No. Uh, we'll bring it up later. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. So this is our, uh, our retrospective. This is essentially anything from episode 102 on. Yes, yes. We will not be discussing the season two retrospective in this season three retrospective. I also hate that we started saying retrospective. The whole idea was this was a post-mortem. Yeah, you started calling it the retrospective. Post-mortem for season three. Excuse me. Uh, so we're going to run through uh, our thoughts on the shows that came out that we did, uh, little nuggets of information, and uh, just just some fun facts about season three of Stay Doomed. Now, usually we try to make a season of Stay Doomed 50 episodes. Yes. But with season three, we did a lot of two-parters. And we also did our first three-parter. Kind of. When you, it's, we could arguably call that a, th- a four-parter yeah, uh, at the, the end of the day. The way we uh, do our listings is interviews are their own episodes. So yeah. it not, it's not like we did Megan Wants a Millionaire Part 2. Uh, Even though on the uh, Podbean, it is actually billed as Megan Wants a Millionaire Part 2. Oh, really? Oh, you know what? So, no, it says 103 Part 2. So it's, it's done very confusing. It's done in the most confusing way possible. Excellent. <laughs> Good job, me. So we're going to go through and talk about uh, these shows. Uh, I have some statistics about the shows. I have some comments from the shows. Uh, because if we're being real here, uh, the, the Stay Doomed podcast uh, really dropped off this year. Yeah? We started very strong. And as time went on, we lost a lot of listeners this year. So I do want to talk about that and and some theories on maybe why that happened. Yeah, because we are in, uh, there were 39 episodes between season retrospectives. 39 weeks, essentially. Really? That's it? Yeah. I I thought there was more than that. Oh, well. But... We took our hiatus earlier, and we um, we did our retrospective after Firefly. Right. But there's something to consider of the, you know, the different mainline shows versus sometimes when we were dropping. We have not taken a hiatus yet this year. Either. How many weeks did you just say? Uh, 39. Really? I, I thought it would be more than that because we're on 34 episodes. 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17. 40. 40 weeks. Pregnancy. Yeah, I guess that does actually make sense because uh, the... It doesn't count the on-the-road episode. It doesn't count the on-the-road episode, and we officially start season two February 16th. Yes. So, yeah, I guess that's, that makes sense that we didn't do it. We before. also usually take an August hiatus. This is kind of an interestingly um, situated episode. Of Our hiatus is usually during the summer. We went through the entire summer, and we're setting up our, hi- our hiatus to be around the holiday season this year. Yes. So, so I think that's a little bit different. So let's jump into this, and the first thing we need to do before we jump into this is, of course, pour one out. (laughs) 
for our season three postmortem. What do you have there, Laura? So I, uh, I, I got very uh, work smarter, not harder with some of these cocktails this year. Mm-hmm. So that I would kind of just take a main ingredient and gussy it up a little bit and then slap a nice name on it. Uh, so this is called the, yeah, I tried. It is a pineapple high noon in a sugar rimmed glass with turquoise food coloring in it. <laughs> So it looks like it a looks fancy drink. Sp- it's delicious because it's a pineapple high noon. Oh, yeah. Well, with a little extra sweetness because there's a sugar rim. Yeah, I'll give it a little sip. To... It's, it's a pineapple mm. high noon. Yeah, you it's a pineapple high noon. You can't go wrong. It's very nice. I'm also never the stunt person with our drinks. No, I, I'm the one that does the stunts. Uh, so I have a, a very special drink here because I was trying to think, what is it that makes Stay Doomed? And usually I would say it's 99 Bananas. Or Liquor 43. Blue Curacao. Or Blue Curacao. But I, when it comes to season three, there's one thing that I truly believe encapsulates this in terms of drinking. And that is... Beatbox! So I have a fruit punch beatbox. So two interesting things I want to say. It is a fine aged fruit. Because it's the same one. One, you might be thinking, oh no, you went out and bought another beatbox for this. No. This has been in my fridge since whenever the last time we drank beatboxes. And two, I legitimately reached out to them and asked them to be a sponsor of this here podcast. And uh, never got back to me. So so guys, tweet at Beatbox and just harass tweet them. Tweet at Beatbox. Tell them to be a sponsor of the Stay Doom show. Mmm. Oh, it's everything I remember. Yeah. Ugh. Fun. Yeah, you have a very big glass of that. It is a large glass. <laughs> we'll see how much of it I get through. That's actually kind of been this. another trend of this year. Of You've tend to have the stronger drinks. Yeah, I, I've, I've been getting a little bit more buzzed on this show. Because, like, towards the end of the season, I just do shots. Yes. Yes, you do. <laughs> so, not something you should pour out. <laughs> yeah, I didn't write down all the drinks this year, time. and I, Like, now that we're sitting down to record, I'm like, shit. Should have done that. <laughs> but, so the first one we did was uh, Megan Wants a Millionaire. Megan Wants a Millionaire. This was one I really wanted to do. And finally, enough of it had surfaced that I felt comfortable trying to do it. Yes, this is something we really wanted to do for a while. I feel like this was on the, the list since the beginning. It was. Uh, unfortunately, so much of it was unavailable. Yeah. I believe early episodes end with us saying, like, if you know where to find all of Megan Wants a Millionaire, I'm at, and then my old Twitter handle. Yes. Uh, because we really wanted to do this show, and now we've done it, and uh, Laura gave it a stay tuned. I gave it a stay doomed then, and a stay tuned now. Yeah. Because at the time it should have been canceled, but now it's really fun to watch. It, it's interesting, because the pandemic really brought the Of Love series back into the public eye. There's like an entire streaming service mm-hmm. based around nostalgia that Lacey Skulls runs. Yes. That's this like Storm TV so, it's really interesting. This is also our first brush with, like, true crime. Yes, this is our first brush with true crime. This is the first time, and this is something I thought would be a segment more, is when I surprised you with a game show. Yeah. Because this is the first time I played the game show music and said, I'm going to give you two titles. Tell me which one is actually a song by uh, The Plumber. <laughs> yeah. I almost called him Zeke the Plumber, but that is not... Garth. Garth, Garth the Plumber. Garth the Plumber, which was a bit I really enjoyed. And whenever I'm editing the, editing the Stay Doomed podcast, I see that song as a list of uh, our assets. And I'm like, ah, I gotta surprise Laura with a game show again. 
I'm not going to be doing it this episode, but... Yeah, he is. This is a, that's a misdirect. I'm sure he is. We also had our first interview right uh, after that. I, I want to bring up one thing before we move on. Okay. And uh, that is Karen Ryan posted a comment on that to tell us that Garth the Plumber did not write sex mode for Megan. Like <gasps> claims. He was singing that earlier in Celebrity Rehab, which is weird to think that he was on Celebrity Rehab before this. Yeah. <laughs> Very strange. Uh, then we had our first interview, which is Sex Toy Dave. What an odd interview. <laughs> I I loved this. Uh, it was very interesting in that we didn't really interview Sex Toy Dave. Sex Toy Dave is gone. We interviewed Crypto Dave. We interviewed Crypto Dave. And it was very clear that he wanted to use this as an opportunity to talk about crypto. And we were just trying to drive the bus back in the direction. Like, I I always respect our guests. And I was like, you know, because I say this in our other interviews, like, this is your time. Feel free to, like, talk about your things. Uh, But I do want to bring up again that in this interview, Dave tells me specifically not to buy Dogecoin. Yeah, I believe Dogecoin is one people are talking about. Yeah, did you get into Doge? Joke. I mean, it was made as a joke. It doesn't do anything. Elon thinks it's funny, I, and that's fine. Listen, he's a billionaire. He can afford to just think it's funny. But if, if there's no developers, like it's right. not, it's just a thing. Like it's a, it's like a collectible, maybe. But it's do not, yes, do not buy Dogecoin. Which became the most valuable thing in the world two weeks later. Yeah. <laughs> Had I bought it that day, there would be no Stay Tuned podcast. Yes, there would. It, well, we'd be at least in Stay Doom Studios. <laughs> no, we wouldn't. We'd have a nicer studio at the in our place. <laughs> we would not. We there, there's something about this being recorded at home that I yeah. really like. Yeah, there's also I think this got cut, but there's a point where we kind of argue about whether the humanities are valuable. Yeah, th- there's a, definitely a few times where. And this is something that I've been pitching about um, quarantine in general. We were all in our own little bubbles to the point where we always believed that the people in our bubbles agreed with everything we had to say. Yeah. Because every once in a while, Dave said something that we were like, wait, what? Yeah. (laughs) Did you just call my job useless? That being said, I liked Dave. I thought he was a cool guy. I think he was very real about who he used to be. Which I appreciate. Like, Uh, a lot of people would totally run from that. Yeah. And it was cool that he was just like, yeah, this is a part of my life where I did this and I did this. And him being very frank, like, everything was, in fact, a business opportunity for me. Which we kind of suspected about Megan Wants a Millionaire. Mm -hmm. Because of the different way that it was set up from so many other reality shows of, like, allowing them to do business. They did not cut them off from the rest of the world. Yeah. And how it actually made everybody more stable. Mm -hmm. Because these were were grown-ups. Yeah. This was a different kind of person than you usually saw in a VH1 reality show. This is also where we got kind of the scoop that he was going to be on I Love Money 3. And then they... He was an alternate, and they sent him home, so they sent him to Mexico for no reason. I Love Money 3 is the Great White Whale. Um, Yes. If you know anything about that universe, I Love Money 3 is the White Whale. Yes. And we will never find it. Uh, We've gotten scraps over the years of what happened. Some of them are unreliable. 
Uh, Weasel from Daisy of Love implies he goes much further than any other contestant implies he goes. Okay. So, like, there is also some unreliable narrator since it'll never see the delight of day. Exactly. Some people mislead you about how far. I, it's very fascinating. Mm-hmm. And it's another thing of this, like, this true crime. Yeah. And this is one of the few places where our particular field overlaps with true crime. Mm-hmm. So it's very interesting putting on a different podcast hat for a little bit. Yeah. Uh, now, when it comes to, like, defining seasons, I always see the first season as the one episode, one season promise. Yes. I see season two as the possible two-parter episode where, you know, we do what's best for us. Season three, I think in my mind, will be the season of the Patreon, because this is when we first started to have a Patreon. And this is where we gave certain patrons of certain levels the ability to suggest things, and then the rest of them got to vote on a poll of what we would do. And the first one we ever got was (laughs) Heather's. Oh my gosh. And we talked about ending the Patreon. (laughs) We did. Um... And, and this isn't the fault of the patron who suggested it, Matthew, because no. on paper, I love the musical and I yes. like the movie. Yeah. This should have been a home run. On paper, the, I was happy when this won. Yeah. I was excited to do this show. And I've actually done some writing on Heather's regarding these three pieces of media. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this is... I believe to date the only show that's actually given me nightmares. Yeah, Heather's was damaging. Like, we often binge the shows, but like with Heather's, like we had to watch an episode and then like go for a walk and like really discuss what was being handled and like how we were going to talk about it responsibly. Yeah, it was one of the hardest shows to record because it was so much irresponsible subject matter. That we were constantly kind of dancing to handle it as ethically as we could. Yeah. And that being said, I want to point out the fact that part one of Heather's was two hours and 12 minutes. Part two of Heather's was two hours and 23 minutes. Yes. Uh, Logically, this could have been our first three-parter. It could have been, yeah. I think that's the other thing with this season. There's two or three episodes before we finally crack that probably could or should have been three-parters. Yeah. Yeah. Again, it's that wall of like, no, we do things in two episodes. Yeah. And we broke that wall late in the season. Yeah, much later in this season. But I did find, now like, looking back, there are things in Heather's I think were interesting and that I thought were executed well. Uh, But so, unfortunately, there was the rest of the show. Yeah, like... The title sequence is great every time. I I think it's one of our most fascinating episodes because, like... Every once in a while, the show strikes on brilliance. And, like, you can hear in the tone of what, when we talk about things. The heaven is a place on earth sequence. Yeah, or, or, yeah, yeah. The heavens is a place on earth sequence, or when, uh... Halo. When they come in and... Halo. And, unfortunately, Halo was right before the part of the show I will never watch again. Yes, yeah. Because if you're... If you didn't watch the Heathers episode and came into this in the last couple of months, Mm -hmm. uh, massive content warning... If it is a subject that can trigger someone, it's in there. It's in the show, yeah. And like, but Heather M's death is something that I found extremely upsetting. Yeah. And still do. And what, what's her name? Betty? Um, no, she's Betty in, uh, oh God. Brittany? Brittany Parker? 
You're thinking of the trailer park. Oh, no, excuse me. There is a Betty. Yeah, Betty. When she, all of a sudden she's like in that fight with JD. And it's very funny. And she's a badass. And she was like, this is what being a perfect student repression rage looks like. I was like, the show's back. The, oh, no, no. Well, I, I did like that part because we've been talking about this with Hawkeye a little bit. That mm-hmm. Kate Bishop is very realistic in combat. Yes. Of she gets the crap kicked out of her. Mm-hmm. And it's because she's trained, but she's never really been in a fight. Yes. Betty Finn is the same way. She's trained. She's never really been in a fight, but JD's not a good fighter. Yes. So she easily kicks his ass. Yeah, we we both give this a stay tuned. uh, A stay doomed. A stay doomed, excuse me. Uh, Smug Alice asks, is this on Paramount Plus? No, it is not. It is still not on Paramount Plus. Oh, did you just check that yeah. recently? The, I believe they are desperately trying to hide this show because I had to upload this show, this episode on YouTube three or four times because this was not a situation where it's like copyright claim, you know, money will be going to like the, the owner of the, the content of the clip that you used. Or yeah, it was a strike down. Th- this is will be partially blocked like... It was completely blocked because Paramount doesn't want people to remember that this show existed. Well, and this show has only aged more poorly. Yes. And this show's only like four years old. Yeah. It it aired in 18, but filmed in 17. Yeah, it's insane. Um, And this, this show, it hit a lot of backlash right off the bat when the trailer dropped of the only people who kind of stayed like pretty white cisgendered were JD and Veronica who we were supposed to consider the heroes. Yeah. Oh, everything about this is bad. Um, I, no, you know what? That's the problem. Not everything about Heather's was bad. Yeah. And that yeah. made it harder. Because you'd get these moments that were really genuinely very funny. Or well written. Also, I just want to include this weird statistic. Part two of Heather's got more listens than part one. Huh. So I don't know if that's people listening to it out out of order. I also think that there's a possibility of people listening to our next episode and then it just auto-playing part yeah. two of Heather's, which is also possible. Uh, because our next episode is steve.odakirk.com, which was one of my holy grails that greatly disappointed me. Yeah, this is... Sometimes this happens. We have a couple of those in this... Um, in this season, because I would actually fold in Blastazoid into here of these weird cartoon lost and found of these weird nonsensical noise shows. Yes. We had three of them this season. Mm-hmm. They are rough. Yeah, they're hard to do. It's hard to do like a variety sketch show uh, because like there's less to dissect and more to just be a failure. Yes. And then we're going to hit Razimonth. Uh, just real quick, uh, Nathaniel uh, Faga uh, states on the steve.odakirk.com, sounds bizarre. He's How correct. bizarre? How He's bizarre. Uh, so yeah, then we jump into Razimonth. We, <laughs> we move out of the uh, television graveyard and into the movie mausoleum for a month. And I love doing Razimonth. And... Based on the numbers, people enjoy Razzie Month as well. Uh, and we started with Doolittle. Doolittle was fun. Doolittle was fun. It was 
exactly the kind of movie the Razzies adore. We're going to talk about this because we usually like to make our Razzie predictions. Yes. At Doolittle is exactly the kind of movie that the Razzies lick their chops at. Yeah, it's a big star. It's a big property because Doolittle is like a, a known property. Just belly flopping. Yeah, it is 100% the kind of movie that the Razzies are like, this my shit. Yeah. Um, I, I think it was very interesting because there was a lot of good story behind this of like, how the movie f- failed. Yes. And how there was so much, how it was a victim of heavy rewrites. There were characters, like uh, Jason Manzukas's character. Yeah, the dragonfly. That didn't seem like they ever interacted with other people. Yeah, because they, they were inserted. added later. Yeah. This is also the first sign of us starting to realize when a movie's gonna fail. Yeah. Because I remember when we saw trailers for Doolittle, we looked at each other and just went, Razzies. Yeah. Because we could, like, it was being released in January and. We were getting good at it a little bit before that. Because I remember when the Cats trailer dropped. We watched it on YouTube. I looked at you and went, I'm going to see it twice. <laughs> We've seen it a few times now. Yeah. How many? Uh, I've seen it at least four times now. <laughs> Doesn't it's... get any better. Uh, you know what? I, I would argue it gets worse. Because <laughs> every time you notice a new thing that you're like, oh, no. That should be happening. Because I noticed the pacing issue for the first time. Yeah. Every single musical number has a part where it just stops cold and they try to do a slow build. Which works once or twice. But when you do that trick for every song. Yeah. It just doesn't work. Ugh. Woof. Uh, I gave this a stay doomed. You gave it a stay doomed Due to the game over rule? Yes. Uh, which I was just like, I, I don't know. <laughs> that, that would imply there would have to be a sequel to this, and there shouldn't be. Uh, but just for the record, because I think we need to do this every once in a while, Game Over was the sixth show that yeah, we covered. Yeah, it was covered. such an early episode. And we created the Game Over rule, meaning this is a really good idea that is so poorly executed. That we know that in the next season they could have figured it out, but it would require changing so much of it yes. that it no longer resembles the show it once was. It's essentially when it works on paper yes. and no, no other way. Uh, and game Doolittle works on paper. Yeah. And eh, not, not, not so much in practice. Uh, <sighs> then we got uh, 365 Days, which... Is the award winner for most uncomfortable I am. You know, if this hadn't been the same season as Heather's, I would be, it would be the most uncomfortable I've ever been recording the podcast. Well, what I remember about 365 Days is being like, oh, is being so worried about watching it that it was going to be another Heather's. And then it was so bad it was hysterical. Because this is one that, like, I gave a stay doomed, but see it. <laughs> I will say, this movie is awful. Yeah. But it's not the, like, it's not even cracking the bottom five for me. No. As far as movies. Because there's something so overwrought and kind of funny about it. Mm Mm-hmm. It's it's essentially Portuguese Fifty Shades of Grey. Yes. Like, it's very similar. But worse. (laughs) But, But worse. Um... Yeah, I I was like, is it worse? Yeah, yeah, it's worse. Uh, If I could bring some evidence forward to you. Yes. Music, 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 cigarette. 
Is that argue? Is that argument that it is worse or better than Fifty Shades of Grey? Music, 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 cigarette. cigarette. I loved that the uh, the male lead did all the music. <laughs> it it just it was kind of like the piece de resistance of how ridiculous this film was because mm-hmm. we've seen weirdly we've only seen the first two Fifty Shades of Grey movies because yes. the third one did not get nominated for a Razzie, so we didn't watch it. Yes, and I thought Three Hundred and Sixty Five Days was going to have a sequel. It, it Like, this dropped mid-pandemic. Mm-hmm. I'm going to actually uh, look at that. Like, it was one of those ones where I'm like, this was absolutely terrible, and I can't wait to watch the next one. Because I've always kind of been bummed we never watched the third Fifty Shades of Grey. Because the ending of Fifty Shades Darker was so funny. Oh, my God. <laughs> Where it's just like the guy angrily burning their wedding picture. I was like, this is... <laughs> I can't wait to see what happens next. Yeah, I'm seeing... There's no release date. It's supposed to be 2022. And it is it called 365 Days Over 2? No, but it'll probably make just about as much sense. Um, I mean, it was another... It's based on novels, mm-hmm. much like Fifty Shades of Grey. So this is just going to be based on the second one. But I do believe there are su- substantial changes. And then uh, the next we're going to get to the most watchable of the Razzie movies of that year. Yeah, Fantasy, Fantasy Island. Island. Fantasy Island with the girl from uh, Life Sentence. And uh, Lucy Hale, I yes. think is her name. And uh, and we're going to end up doing Katie Keene at some point yeah, down the line. Katie so she's going to be, she's coming back, guys. Uh, but I, <laughs> I looked it up. You gave this a stay tuned. And I gave it a, I don't know, I'd leave it on. <laughs> <laughs> Which is the only time I ever gave that ranking. Yeah, I like this was fine. Yeah. Uh, it's not even the worst horror movie I've ever seen. No. Like, as far as... Because I always consider the worst horror movie I've ever seen, The Crazies. Yeah. Because it was just so unbelievably boring. I don't think it's the worst horror movie we watched for this show. Because I think it was way better than Winchester. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Fantasy Island, like... Fantasy Island is such an interesting Razzie movie to me because it got... It was probably one of the last movies to be not terribly successful released pre-COVID. Yes. Which is why I think they kind of lasered in on it. Mm-hmm. But it it's really not that bad. It would have just been forgettable in a non-COVID year. I don't think it would have been nominated for a Razzie in another year. No. Because I think it would have just been more like, oh, it's a, it's a teen horror movie. They're not... Hashtag Dr. Dr. Torture for Dead by Daylight. Oh yeah, Dr. Torture. Dr. Torture with his eyes stapled closed. Uh, the next one's a very strange one. In the middle of Razzie Month, due to circumstances beyond our control, we had to cover WrestleMania 37 because of the disaster that happened in the beginning of it. That was so fun. This, I'm so glad we did this. And it's weird because uh, this episode does pretty well. Uh, the way our, our numbers work is anything that is just listened to through our pod beam. Uh, that counts anyone that listens on Stitcher, okay. anyone that listens on Blueberry, on Apple Podcasts, on Google Podcasts, on Spotify. Uh, it doesn't count iTunes. Okay. But like, I know iTunes is gone now, so I don't even know. Um, it, it did pretty well there. 
it did abysmally on YouTube. I don't know why, but like nobody cared when we did WrestleMania 37 on YouTube. But this is so fascinating to me because we covered it. And then by the time it was up, the parts we're discussing were cut out of the broadcast. Yes, because the main part that we really want to discuss, because it was really fun, was when there was a huge lightning storm. And we ended up like in this interminable rain delay. Yeah. So it was just like Samoa Joe and a poncho and people just cutting promos about nothing. And so angry looking Samoa Joe and a poncho. Yes. Which made it even funnier. It of was, like just him like, woo. It was so fascinating. And it was like one of the last times I was like excited to talk about the WWE. Yeah. Because like shortly after this would be the first like major bash of releases. Yeah. And now it's just, it's very uncomfortable. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not... WWE has some issues right now. Uh, Then we drove headfirst back into music. Or back into Razzie Month with music. Which was insane. Easily one of the worst things we have ever watched for this podcast. Yeah, like... In the first five minutes of just... Just so viscerally wrong. Yeah, there's so many problems with music by Sia... And, like, to the point that anytime Sia comes on, we're just like, ugh. Yeah, we were watching a, an old Todd in the Shadows earlier. Mm-hmm. And they talked about Sia's chandelier. And it's the young lady who she cast in music. And I'm just so uncomfortable with that working relationship now. Yeah. Because I, no matter how you slice it, I feel like that child was exploited. Mm-hmm. Because that little girl was, I, I think she's an adult now, but I believe she was only like 15 when they filmed. Yeah. Because it was delayed owing to the pandemic. And I be- like I feel very uncomfortable that this teenage girl was really led so astray. Yes. By adults she should have been able to trust. Yeah. Because I also remember we were in a Target and the song from music started playing. And I just remember like all of a sudden I was very uncomfortable before I realized what it was. And I went, oh no. Oh, no. It's the song from music. This, like, this is the worst Razzie film we've ever seen. Easily. This is just nothing but disgusting, poorly manipulative. Because uh, we talk about the fanatic. Because I feel like thematically this has some DNA. In oh, yeah. Com- but the fanatic has a couple of things we can still find very funny. Yes. Like when Devin Sawa goes like, now this is music about Limp Bizkit. Yes. And we actually still make jokes about that. Mm-hmm. But woof. This is easily the worst thing we've ever watched. Yeah. For th- yeah. Smug Alice asks, was this worse than Heather's? Yes. I, I would say yes, because it's different because with Heather's, like, we kind of went for a walk after every episode and just kind of was like, man, that was some unfun stuff that we just watched with music there was a lot of like getting up and pacing and just like having rage that we had no place to put heathers had enough levity that i could kind of laugh off even some bad parts of heathers Mm -hmm. uh the parts i found upsetting i found genuinely upsetting but like there were certain things I probably should have been more upset by that I kind of was able to let go mm-hmm. because I was like, it's poorly executed comedy. I guess, what are you going to do? Yeah. Um, this, since it was a drama, there was none of that 
winking at the camera. Yeah. It was just melodrama and manipulation and uh, some racism. Yeah, it was racist at times. Like, yeah, like it's... It, it was so, such And a everybody existed to further a white woman's story. Yes. And by the white woman, we mean Kate Hudson's character, not music herself. Yeah, this is, that movie was not about music. Uh, then we had our Patreon choice uh, because we didn't really want to do Absolute Proof. No. I did watch it and it like, it would not have made a good episode. No. But uh, we let our patrons choose and they chose Jack and Jill. And we watched Jack and Jill and hey, that's a bad movie too. Yeah, I found things to enjoy in it. Yes. Um, it's by far not the worst. It, it was very forgettable and very dumb. Yeah, my favorite part about it was on a recent episode of Game Grumps, they were complaining about Jack and Jill because uh, Al Pacino changes his name to Dunk. Yeah. But that would make his name Dunk Pacino. Yes. And how dumb that was. And then you actually had the answer to that, which was it was supposed to be Starbucks. Yeah. And it was going to be Frappuccino, which makes more sense. And, like, finding that little nugget, I really enjoyed. Yeah, I I also think it's a quintessential modern bad movie. I think yes. if you're going to do what we do, it's, like, a necessary part of the education. Mm-hmm. Because I, I think a lot about, like, what is the canon of bad film? Yes. Um, what are the ones you absolutely need to see? Because there's, like, The Room, yeah. If you're going to talk about bad movies, you kind of can't ignore the room. Exactly. And this is a, a huge turning point in Stay Doomed, is Jack and Jill, believe it or not. Oh. Because we have always strived to be a safe-for-work podcast. Yes. Like, we try not to swear. If we do swear, I usually edit them out. That changed with Jack and Jill. Did it? Yes, because we could not resist including my reaction of get fucked coach. <laughs> when we watched that part, Oh yeah. When we watched that part of Survivor where Coach is talking about how beautiful of a movie it is and it's about family and acceptance. And I couldn't stop myself from screaming get fucked coach. And I was like, well, we gotta include it in the episode. What I thought was very funny about it was that you said it every time we watched the clip <laughs> very like we watched it like three times over time when we were doing preparing for that episode mm-hmm. and every time i don't think you were saying it as a joke anymore i think that was just your visceral reaction uh i also want to say as a turning point we lose half our listeners with this episode do we when we drop it by half after music i don't know if people were just like Really big fans of music, and we offended them by ripping it apart. But a lot of people do not come back when we do uh, Jack and Jill. And the numbers will stay this way after this. So I don't know if there's a difference in the algorithm at this point. But this is across both uh, YouTube and Podbean. Our numbers get cut in half. I think there's a very interesting thing you're not taking into consideration. Yeah. Uh, I'm looking at the dates they drop. Okay. This kind of coincides with people getting vaccinated. 
interesting. So maybe it's just people aren't at home listening to podcasts anymore. Yeah, because I think there are a lot of people who may have been listening to more podcasts when they were at home. Mm-hmm. When they were working from home, especially if we started to swear. and po- Like, that also might be part of it of, like, how many people listen to this podcast at work. And then we started swearing. And then there's a loud F swear. Yeah. We're going to stop swearing soon. Season four will be less sweary. Yeah, I believe there's, there's one episode where I know I swear a lot. Yeah. I think it's recent. I think it's the last episode. I think it's Mapleworth Murders. <laughs> uh, next will be Blastazoid. Blastazoid's up there with Steve Odekirk. It was just noise. Yeah. And it was just very difficult to, like, get through. Yeah, this one, I actually really like this as an episode in that, like, I have, like, some good facts in this where we talk about, like, the... The origin of some of the clips they use, and we talk about like Mega sixty four and angry German kid that wants to play on real tournament. And there's a lot of like good comedy deconstruction in that episode. Yeah. Uh, in that, like, we're like, this is the joke they're trying to make. This is why it doesn't work. This is how you make this joke. Okay. Uh, because Blastazoid was just them calling their own audiences virgins. Yeah. So, like... And then being surprised when that wasn't... Yeah. And this was something that we were, like, very prepared to to talk about as someone that goes to conventions and do jokes about video games. Yeah. Like, we knew exactly what they were doing wrong. So I actually really enjoy this episode that we did. Uh, We both give it a stay tuned. Armed and Famous. Armed and Famous was fascinating. I I enjoyed doing this episode. The Mm. show had some problems, but, like... It had a lot of problems. I... This is one I actually remember watching and going, this is going to be a good episode. Mm-hmm. And that's something, we, we have some viewer questions for the end. Yes. And uh, one of the questions we got, I want to like mention it now. Sure. Three seasons in, do you think your p- opinions have shifted on certain types of shows than from when you started? And my first answer to that is, we've really started to figure out what will not make a good Stay Doomed show. Yes, this is very true. There's certain shows that we're like, it's going to make a crappy episode. Mm-hmm. So there are shows that we just kind of don't want to do. Yeah. Because we don't think they're going to be a good podcast episode. I don't think I would do another Blastazoid or SteveOdekirk.com because they make bad... A lot of times with these one episode ones, you're so... You're like, well, we already watched it and did the research on it. Yeah. And you kind of don't realize it's going to be a weak episode until pretty far in. Yeah, because we... We did watch the first episode of Memory Hole on Quibi. Yeah. And our first thought was like, we can't do this on Stay Tuned. This would not be good. Yeah. Armed and Famous, there's there's a lot of like interesting discussion. Because this one goes almost two hours. This is an hour and 46 minutes. And I just, like, episode one and episode two of that show are marketably different shows. Yeah. Because the first episode's training. And then the second episode, they're just cops. And it just becomes cops. Like, there's a lot of weirdness to that one. Yeah, I I found it very interesting of the different people. Because you have people like Trish Stratus, who really commits to it and tries. Mm-hmm. And people like Jack Osborne. Yeah. And then you have, like... Eric Estrada, who just tries to monologue. Eric Estrada, who immediately kind of becomes a bad cop. Yeah. Like, he's immediately an angry, violent cop. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, Wee Man knows how to talk to people on drugs. I mean, it's not like he's had any experience doing that. 
But he he immediately kind of becomes a community mm-hmm. guy. Like he wants people to know him so they trust him. Yeah. So it's very it's an interesting meditation on the different approaches to police work. Yeah. In a very unlikely place. Uh, next is Hitchhiker's Guide, which was one that was on the list for a while. Is it? Or is it Macduff the Talking Dog? Oh, I'm sorry. I jumped over Macduff the Talking Dog, which was a weird YouTube hit. It did really well on YouTube. Is Macduff the Beatbox episode? It might be the Beatbox episode. I forget which episode was Beatbox. I'm, I'm looking now. Because I forget why we did Beatbox. Like, I don't know how it tied in. Uh, I believe we thought it was funny, and then we had to start, like, we had to use it. Yeah, because I think it might be because I know by the end of The Hitchhikers, I do the the slammed garble blaster, which I think had beatbox in it plus other alcohol. Yes, which was a problem. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I'm, I'm looking through... I'm, I'm trying to get back to that part in our Twitter. I was trying to see if Beatbox was listed in that tweet. I, think- I know that... Yeah, the tweet where we first have Beatbox, I include Beatbox. I tag Beatbox in the tweet about it. Yeah, I'm actually looking through the Twitter account that you only use to post the podcast. Yeah. No, it's Rosie, but that makes sense. <laughs> That's why we would think that. That's okay. why we're confused. Okay, because it was... Yeah, I guess this is going to be the talking dog season, This too. is the talking dog. Well, we say that now, but I think No, we've, we've got learned. at least two more talking dog episodes. Right, but I think what we learned was talking dog episodes are money. <laughs> so I think <laughs> this will not be the first or the last time that we will be doing talking dog episodes because they're money. Uh, but yeah, McDuff was, was so interesting. McDuff is one of my favorite off mic moments of the entire podcast. Yeah. Uh, when you don't realize he's a ghost. He's also a ghost. And I mention it casually at the beginning of the episode because I listened to the lyrics mm. of the theme song and you were so upset <laughs> when I dropped that bomb on you. So dumb. I also, I, I think it was right before uh, or during our season two um, hiatus that somebody, maybe maybe Kermit but or somebody else, mentioned that we always open by saying uh, which could be resurrected, should be resurrected, and stay doomed. We never really explain how it could be. And in season three, I always kind of have like, here's my solution for this show. And I remember pitching stay, or, uh, McDuff the Talking Dog as like this weird, dark, Satanistic show. <laughs> Where he was a, do- a ghost of a talking dog that helped out at the carnival, but secretly was, like, sacrificing children. <laughs> I really love that as an idea. And this is such a, like, a weird anomaly because the version that's on YouTube that we found is clearly, like, someone recording a reel-to-reel projection of the show. Yeah. Because you hear that, like, noise the whole time. I love that we found this curio. And brought light to it. I love these kinds of things. Like some of our, some of my favorite episodes are episodes that otherwise break rules of our show. Because like usually Saturday morning shows don't do well, mm-hmm. like cartoons and what have you. Because Macduff the Talking Dog was a children's show that aired on Saturday mornings. Yeah. It was part of the doomed 1976 lineup, where the whole lineup got thrown out. Yes, yes. But if you can find a weird enough one. Mm-hmm. 
it's often a very good episode. Yeah, it's a fun time. I really love the McDuff, the talking dog episode. We both gave that one a stay doomed. Well, yeah, it was a good show. Uh, then we moved on to Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, the BBC show. I didn't care for this We at did all. not care for this one at all. We both gave that a stay doomed. And like, you can hear us wanting to love it. And we just don't because it's the wrong medium. Yeah, I. it does include one of my uh, favorite moments of watching a show of me getting angry. Because sometimes when I get angry, it's upsetting because I'm usually not an angry person on the show. But uh, this is one of my favorite ones. Yeah. We are still on this whale. Whale, whale, whale. We spend too much time in the existential crisis of a whale. This didn't have a lot of money. Whale, whale, whale. My I, own notes. Well, 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 I, this is their part where it's, maybe it'll be my friend. I hate this whale. <laughs> uh, I wonder if it will be friends with me. I hate this whale. Because <laughs> that was going to be one of our t-shirts. I, oh, I hate this whale. I, no, the whole thing. The, <laughs> the whole thing across the shirt. <laughs> whale, whale, whale. 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 <laughs> <laughs> Maybe it'll be my friend. I hate this whale. This also... A n- whale, whale, whale is actually great because like, it's like, well, well, well. Whale, whale, whale. <laughs> uh, Hitchhiker's Guide and uh, Jack and Jill is also something, uh, another term that we start using heavily. And that is sexy lamp. Yes. The idea that a character is so useless they can be replaced by a sexy lamp. It's kind of like a version, because it, it's something that gets listed with the Bechdel test. Mm-hmm. Is Mako Mori, which is based on the Pacific Rim, yeah. on whether a female character has a character arc that has nothing to do with a male character. Right. Sexy lamp is, can this character be replaced by an attractive lamp? <laughs> yes. And both of those have sexy lamps. Yeah. So I, I just, I really liked that part of our analysis is the idea of a sexy lamp. And speaking of sexy. But definitely not of lamp. But definitely not of lamp. The Elvira Show. Elvira Show is one of those ones that, like, I was willing to go to the mat for because I really enjoyed Elvira. Elvira was great. Uh, I want to read her memoir. I haven't yet. Uh, yes, yeah. She El- had a memoir come out, like, I guess a couple, maybe two months ago. Yeah. Um, and I reached out to Elvira and tried to get an interview with her, and she did not. She is huge. She's huge. Like, she's, usually... She's, El- she's royalty. <laughs> yeah, like, she's going on, like, syndicated talk shows. Yeah. And I'm pretty sure she doesn't want to come on our show to talk about her failed project. <laughs> and only her failed Admittedly, project. she seems like the kind of person who would be amenable to talking about something like that. Yeah. Because she's so successful that she didn't need this show. Yeah, exactly. Like, it's not like it was a horrible, life-ending moment for her. Right. I think there'd be an interest to talking about it, but I think we are not big enough to get her. No. I, I, we both love this show. I know it took me a little bit of time to love this show because of how cheesy it was, but that like the cheese then grew on me. This is the first TV show of season three that we both give a stay tuned to. Really? That's how late we are. We technically both give a stay tuned to Fantasy Island and WrestleMania. But it takes this long to get us something that we enjoyed. <laughs> yeah. Something that we enjoyed unironically. Because I, I had a great time watching McDuff the Talking Dog. <laughs> yeah, we we did. 
We did have a great time, but this is the only one that we were like, we wish there was another episode for us. Absolutely. Enjoy unironically. And next we're going to have uh, Be Careful What You Wish For. Yes. Uh, Elvira ends with us saying that our next episode would be on Nickelodeon giveaways and that Killer Camp would be a Patreon episode, and then we switch them. (laughs) Because we start watching Killer Camp, and it's honestly such a show that fits in with what we do here. Mm -hmm. And... I had a great time watching Killer Camp. Killer Camp is so fun. Bobby is the best. Here comes the trapper, uh, which is an asset, again, that every time I'm editing is still sitting in my list of assets, is the Here Comes the Trapper. Uh, Bit from uh, Sam and Asian. I was like, ah, we got to find reasons to throw that back in. Well, Uh, because we then said, like, we were going to cover... The new season of Killer Camp. That, by the way, I just saw a tweet that they announced the air date. It starts tomorrow in England. Oh, really? So it's complete in England. Wow. So I, I imagine we will eventually get the second season of Killer Camp. Yeah, we'll eventually, and we'll, we'll eventually probably cover it because it's fun. Yeah, I felt bad because we we did not catch up with it very quickly. Like we didn't, we we still haven't seen any of season two because we yeah. wanted to kind of watch them, and then record minisodes, but it didn't last long enough. I believe it actually was canceled right around the second episode. Yeah. It got abysmal ratings. It got abysmal ratings along with uh, uh, Legends of the Hidden Temple. And we wanted to do those after shows, but I remember when it debuted was a bad time for us. Yeah, we were getting ready for a convention. Yeah, so we were just like, "Eh, I don't know if we're going to be able to squeak that out of us. But it does have so many fun moments of... You know, the, there's so much to this show. Mm-hmm. Like, the funny, very campy yeah. uh, death scenes. Yes. And the idea that it's so intentionally silly. Yeah. And the, that that type of genre of the alternate reality show. Yes. Like the quest was. There's not enough of... Yeah, the game within the game. Yeah. So, super fun. This is another one of those episodes where... It's also TV Tropes, the series, for the two of us. This episode, part one did great, and then nobody comes back for part two, and then the numbers stay down. Man, we are making this depressing. Uh, but we rally, okay. actually. I, sh- I should say, we, we actually do a quick rally after this. For the Morton Janko cut of Super Mario it, It's one of our most successful episodes on YouTube. Uh, the Morton Jekyll cut of uh, the Super Mario Brothers, which was such a weird thing for us to do, and I love that we did it. Uh, if you want to watch the Morton Jekyll cut... It's back on Archive. It's back on Archive... Or archive.org. Since we've last looked, it apparently constantly gets uploaded and taken down. Yes. So maybe it's there now, maybe it's not. Because uh, I know a lot of people reached out like, hey, please send me your copy. I was like, I don't have a copy of this. Uh, but... It's a shame because I wasn't able to pull the clips from the new parts of it to include, other than the rap, which I was able to find separately. Yes. The rap is great. It's Koopa. Party Poopa. Incredible. So dumb. I love it so much. That was such a fun episode. And this is one of the big ones where my opinion changes, like, greatly. Because I remember my review of it was... Uh, before I saw this cut, Mario Brothers was a movie I'd say, see it, but it's not very good. I think with the included footage, it became an actual good movie. Yeah. 
I'm always endlessly fascinated by the Mario, the story of the Mario Brothers movie. Oh, yeah. Uh, I've actually studied this a surprising and somewhat alarming amount. Mm-hmm. If there is a movie that needed a tell-all book, it's this one. Because I know yes. uh, I have a copy of Best Movie... Uh, a totally jerkin movie. Or oh, yeah. Best movie jer- ever, a totally jerkin book. A totally jerkin book. About Josie and the Pussycats. Yeah. Hi, Russ. Um, but we, like, this is a movie that could definitely benefit from that treatment. Yes. Because I there's a great article, uh, I think it's an LA Times article, that ran ahead of the movie's uh, release that starts with just Dennis Hopper throwing a temper tantrum. Right. Because he doesn't like the way a scene's been rewritten. Mm-hmm. And there's a three-hour temper tantrum. And then he just does the scene. And then he does the scene. He they offer him the moon. Out. They ask him uh, They ask him for anything. They, they're like, we'll, ch- we'll change it. What do you want? What do you want? And then he just does it. Yeah. Uh, then I believe we have back-to-back uh, Patreon choices. Yes. Uh, we do The Phone, MTV's The Phone, which we both give this a stay tuned, kind of like begrudgingly. Yes. Because <laughs> we're like, yeah, I just don't think we're supposed to watch it this way. Uh, and we try to fix it in a bunch of different ways. And every time we try to fix it, the other one doesn't like it anymore. Yeah. So like, this is a very weird show. Uh this is also where uh, Dylan uh, Kellick says, glad to see you're getting more views. Uh, and then we stop getting more views. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. So he jinxed us. Uh, and that, I don't have anything else to say about the phone, do you? Uh, I just remember finding it very, very, um, very interesting of like having... This almost ARG feel to it. Yes. It was almost a thing we would have really liked. Yeah, it's just, it kept missing. Um, And then next we have uh, The Amazing Race. Uh, We still talk about stuff from Amazing Race Family Edition in our daily lives. This was one of the most fascinating ones that we've done. Because we still allude to Tragedy Fam. Tragedy Fam. Like, when you have a family that seems to have written in their DNA the the upcoming hero. Yeah, underdog. And then they're miserable people. It's insane. I apologize for the dog in the background. I don't. Puppy. Uh, yeah, this was another one. I am really enjoy- This was my first foray into The Amazing Race. Yeah. So it was a very interesting way to get into, to get into this long-standing show. Yeah, we, we definitely afterwards were like, do we want to watch more Amazing Race? <laughs> I will say I want to watch season 33. Is it the YouTubers? Because I know we talked about watching the YouTuber episodes. No, season 33 is the season that is about, that is going to start. Oh, yes. In January. It filmed for one week in February 2020 and then resumes September 2021. Yeah. And like... The ner- the scholar nerd me is like licking our chops like, ooh, mm. I want to see this. So it resumes in September. So it's been like, they must have just finished then, right? Uh, yes, they finished in October. So they're probably all wearing masks. Certainly. That's, that is going to be interesting. I imagine we're going to see a lot of, um, I imagine we're going to see on-screen testing. Oh, yeah. Uh, we also, 
there appears to be reports that there was an amazing race plane. So that the there might have been more isolation mm. from strangers. Yeah, I would like to watch that because they always say that the airport is the great equalizer. And it's especially going to be a great equalizer if they're all on the same plane always. It's also going to be particularly interesting uh, to see how the dynamics of teams have changed when you have 18 months go by. <laughs> yeah, somebody comes back and they're divorced. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah. Or like, you know, somebody's not quite the same. Like, not, a lot of people weren't quite the same after COVID. Yeah. Um, I can't imagine, like, we joke about how we would have been an amazing race. Mm-hmm. I would be a walking anxiety attack. We wouldn't have come back. Yeah. And that's another thing. Did every team come back? Yeah. Or is it going to be like episode two is going to drop and they're going to be like, the following teams did not return. <laughs> yeah. So I'm very, very interested in it. Uh, that might be one I have to see. Amazing Race CBS, right? Yeah. So that's probably going to be on Paramount Plus like next no. day. Because they have their own, they have CBS Access. They have their own streaming CBS site. Access is Paramount Plus now. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, that's exciting. Then probably. Yeah, I believe... Yeah, CBS All Access is now Paramount+. Plus. Oh, okay, cool. And we do have Paramount+. Plus. We have Paramount+, Plus now. <laughs> yeah, we've actually... We do have some fun episodes that we, we combed through Paramount+. Yeah. Paramount Plus. Uh, Amazing Race Family Edition, I just... I found really interesting. Because we also, mm. not for the last time, talk about the ethics of children in reality TV shows. Oh, yeah. That's a good setup for what's coming later. <laughs> because we, we really get into it with some of the younger cast members. This is also such a weird show because it is so incredibly lopsided. Yeah. Like, this is the most lopsided competition show we ever watched. Yeah, Because yeah. it's teams of four, and some people have Wait literal... a minute. No, it isn't. We watched Opposite Worlds. They murder another team. <laughs> okay, stay with me. When they were cast, all things seemed fairly equal. They did not cast one team of able-bodied adults... And one team with some eight-year-olds. <laughs> that is true. That is also true. That's what I mean by, like, it was the most mm-hmm. lopsided of, like, two teams have literal young children. Very young children. Yeah. Uh, so the next one we did was Action Family. Action Family, which was a very strange one in that, like, it wasn't ever really meant to continue. Yeah. Like, this is kind of the full thing, but what a fun watch. Chris Elliott's Action Family. I remember that there's a disclaimer in this episode where we're like, actually go watch this this show before you listen to us. It was definitely an interest. It was also a highly visual show. Yeah. Which is a little bit different than some of what we usually do. Mm-hmm. But it was really fun. It was really, it was really well done. I would definitely argue it was so ahead of its time. Absolutely. In a way that most things aren't that we usually say. Most things are very much a product of their time. This one was very ahead of its time in a really cool way. So then after that, I don't have a lot to say about Action Family. Nor do I have a lot to say about Riverdale and Back Again, which I believe was another Patreon choice. Yes. um, So if you're on our Patreon, which subscribe to our Patreon, we're fun. There's a lot of jokes about my relationship with Riverdale. Yes. We love making fun of Riverdale. Because I think season one of Riverdale is a is an incredible season of television. Yeah. I 
was honestly very into like ashamed, mm-hmm. but very into Riverdale immediately post season one. Yeah. Like I was excited when season two came back. It was one of very few shows that was actively still on that I was watching live. Really? Yeah, I was because it was on the CW, so mm-hmm. I we it was a channel we had at the time. So I was honestly just watching it because I liked it, and mm-hmm. then season two happens and uh, everything starts to go to shit. Yeah, uh, so to speak, go to poop. Mm-hmm. You're gonna edit edit that so it says go to poop, <laughs> so we can keep our safe for work. Uh, I really enjoyed the Riverdale and back again for all the wrong reasons. For all the wrong reasons, it's like. The opposite of Action Family. Mm-hmm. This is very much a product of its time. Honestly, it's behind its time. Yeah. Because this was a ni- 1990, and it feels weirdly dated for 1990. Mm-hmm. Like, they should have... If they'd you, made this 10 years prior in 80. You didn't feel like this felt 90s to you? May I rebut with sugar? Oh, honey, honey. Oh, God, I forgot. You are my candy girl. Okay, so when I said Heathers was the only one that gave me nightmares, (laughs) (laughs) this didn't give me nightmares, but I had a fear it would. (laughs) But I I did enjoy this. I I like the Archie mythology. Mm -hmm. So this is something that I did very much enjoy watching. Yeah, this is a fun one in that, like, this gave us lots of opportunities to just scream like, who is this? Why is this important? Why was it so upsetting that they stopped Archie from scoring in bumper cart polo? Why does that make him a villain? We had a lot of fun with it. Yeah, that that is a very silly episode. And it's nice to occasionally have silly episodes, because sometimes I do think we do, like, topic episodes. Mm-hmm. And I think they can sometimes feel a little... Like, we do some that are a little heavy. Yeah. And it's nice to do ones that are less heavy. Mm Mm-hmm. So, it was fun to do this one. Uh, Then we did Life of Larry and Larry and Steve. Yeah, this was an odd one. This was a very odd thing. This was one of the ones where, while I was recording it, I was kind of like, maybe we shouldn't have done this. Because this doesn't really feel like this fits. Yeah, we have a few of... Cartoons tend to make rough episodes. Yeah, because, like, the only way to do a cartoon is if it ran like a real show. Yes. Like Clone High works. uh, If it followed other television rules. Yes. Covering the 8 to 10 minute shorts, as we'll get back to, is actually very hard because there's usually not enough substance. Mm -hmm. Like, we'll be like, okay, and then this happened. Okay, we're done. Yeah. I thought it was interesting because it's a piece of television history because of Family Guy's impact. Mm-hmm. And I think it it's worth having yeah. because of that. We get into a run of fantastic episodes after this. This, this is my favorite episode of season three. I find it very easily. interesting. I, I, I feel like if you look at episodes in order... There seems to be times where we have a run of kind of eh ones. Yeah. And then there's times we have a run of truly good episodes. Yes. We're talking about Push Nevada. Push Nevada. What an incredible thing. And the thing is, this did really poorly in audio form. Like, exceptionally poorly in audio form. Uh, When it comes to YouTube, it blew up. 
And I will say that, like, the YouTube numbers I usually don't care too much about because they're usually false. Mm -hmm. Because if you look, our most popular episode on YouTube is a Medea family funeral. And that's because it's mostly people thinking it's the film. Yeah. And then they click on it. And, like, I can also see the analytics of, like, how long they listen. And the average listening time is 18 seconds for that. And then, because nobody... They realize at that point that is not what they want, and they go and they watch something else. Yeah. Uh, the average listening time for a Push Nevada episode is an hour and 19 minutes. Which is bananas, because they're both incredibly long They're episodes. both, yeah. The first one is an hour and 52 minutes. The second one is two and a half hours. I legitimately think this should have been a three-parter. We, we definitely could have made this a three-parter. Because we had an astronomical amount of research. Yes, and then I had, like, my big story at yeah. the end. <laughs> and I think that's what it was, was we knew that third part where I had the research and you had the story mm-hmm. were going to be episode highlights, so we didn't want to, like, not put them in a mainline episode. Yeah. But honestly, the the push Nevada post-mortem element mm-hmm. could have been an entire separate episode. Yes. And I know that one of the questions we were asked was uh, a big shocking moment from uh, this season. Yeah. The fact that you gave this a stay tuned. <laughs> I was like, oh, it turned you at the end. Because I did hate it. The first, you hated it. The first two it. episodes, I loathed this Because like, I remember after recording the first episode, just being like, we got to get through it so I can tell this story and everything will be good. And then like... There was a turning point where, like, suddenly it kind of clicked and was fun. It's one of my favorite moments because some of my favorite moments are when I can just completely blindside you. Mm -hmm. And it's such a research department moment of you had been looking for the book for 10 years. Yeah. And I found it in 10 minutes. And the thing about... And there was a false start. Yeah, I want to point this out was I had looked for the book. And there's a website that claims to have it that is trying to steal your credit card. Yeah. And Laura's like, I'm going to find the book. I'm like, okay. And moments later, she's like, I found it. Look. And I was like, no, that website's trying to steal your credit card information. And then like 10 minutes later, she found it. Yeah. I And I'm just like, I was like, ooh. And you're like, what? I was like, found it. So, and we did legitimately buy those pins, like... Yeah, those are in uh, my pin board. It's weird that we might be considered leading experts on this show. It was one of my favorite moments of the realization that there's certain media on which we are the leading experts on the planet is upsetting on so many levels. And I will say a, a couple of the uh, the the people in Push Novato liked the tweet. Uh, not Jim. Jim didn't. <laughs> Proof Rock didn't. I was trying to find him. But uh, he, he. I found his Twitter, but he doesn't use it much. No. But uh, the girl who plays Dawn. Yeah, I was trying to get Chef Sheriff Dawn. Uh, she she liked it as did uh, Sheriff Gaines. They both enjoyed it. <laughs> Apparently. We do speak well of both of them. Yes. Dawn is the best character. I love Dawn her. is... E- and she... Come on, Jimbo. And the actress kills it. Get in the car, Jimbo. She does a great job. Yeah. If you, I, I won't spoil the Push Nevada sto- story here. If you're new to the show 
and you have not gone back and listened to the Push Nevada episode, it might be the best episode of our podcast. Uh, one of our patrons does have a question related to it. Oh, sure. Did anyone contact you about the subject of that story later? No. No one reached out to me. I was really hoping that someone would be like, oh my God, you're the pool New Jersey guy. Uh <laughs> But no, no one reached out to me. I kind of thought that throwing it out there in the ether that someone somewhere would kind of track it down and be like, oh my God, it's you. Uh, but not the case. It's such a crazy thing. Because it's also such a... It's such a mid-2000s internet thing. Yeah. Of it, like that weird relationship with fandom, that strange... Uh, ability to connect with something like that. Yeah, it's it's such a weird story, and it like it's a story that I've told very few people because it requires so much setup to understand like the weight of what I did. So you got to listen to the whole podcast. You just do. Yeah, there's nothing. It's it's not something that can be googled, unfortunately. Yeah. Next is Rosie. Next brought to you Rosie. by Beatbox. Brought to you by Beatbox. Uh, this one was a really fun one. Rosie, again, doesn't do great. I mean, this is coming off the heels of Push Nevada, which did amazingly. But Rosie has become kind of like an inside jokes amongst fans of Stay Doomed. Of just like, ugh, I can't believe I had to gaze upon that monster. Yeah, there was a, a concerted effort by our Patreon to obscure what Rosie looked like from me specifically. Yes. <laughs> so that I found out the hard way. Incredible. Rosie is... Rosie's something special. It's not like an especially good episode, but it's really funny. And uh, Smug Alice asks, uh, was it worse than Puchinski? Um... Yes. Because Puchinski was... Less terrifying somehow. But, well, I mean, Puczynski had that terrible puppet. Like it's, it's interesting. Puczynski made more sense. Like you understood that this man died and was reincarnated as a dog, and that only his partner could understand him. Puczynski. That makes way more sense. That insane sentence I just said. Than whatever Rosie was. Also, the puppet is disconcerting. But as a kid who grew up in the late 80s, early 90s, the puppet's disconcerting in a still weirdly familiar way. Yes. Also, sometimes it actually is a dog. Rosie's always terrifying. Yeah, Rosie's always a guy in bad dog makeup. <laughs> Woof. Oh. That guy might hurt the kid. Oh, no. Rough. <laughs> I'm a dog. So, oh God, Rosie. That's another episode I need to just go back and revisit. Then we have Dollar a Second, which I think might be our worst episode of the season because we're covering a game show and covering game shows sucks. Yes, it it's definitely... I don't think this is our worst game show episode at all. I think, I think it's the worst episode of season three, is what I was saying. Fair. Uh, I would actually... I don't know. I would say steveodekirk.com is a weaker episode. People like that episode, <laughs> okay. as it turns out. Uh, I definitely think it's it's very str- hard for us to describe what's going on. 
I feel like in Dollar a Second, what is going on is not that interesting. Fair. And then we go into our very first three-parter. Yes. Kid Nation. Kid Nation has been, was one of the... Or if I found... If I dug back far enough in my personal Google Drive, because before Stay Doomed actually had its own email address. Mm-hmm. If I go far enough back in my personal Google Drive, I can probably find like the initial Stay Doomed list. Uh, which I'm actually going to try to do real quick. Oh yeah, please have that up. Because uh, when we first started discussing doing this show, fortunately my Google Drive is like pretty organized. Open. There's a Stay Doomed folder I'm trying to open. Because everything from season one is actually in my personal Google Drive. Yeah. Yeah, so I'm looking. Unfortunately, I did update things, which I wish I hadn't done. Because like thir- certain things have like last updated 2020, and I'm like, ah. Yeah, Kid Nation's in the original. This or I have an original list that really hasn't been touched. All right, we'll have to go through that and talk about the things that are still on the list at the end of this. It's a pretty long list still. Yeah, I'm sure it is. But but Kid Nation was such an early want. Yes. Yeah, because the last time I really went through and updated this was after Archie. Gotcha. Um, Archie is the last listed episode on this version of... Because then I started maintaining a real version of the... Uh, Stay Doomed has its own drive now, so I don't maintain this one as much. Yeah. Uh, but Kid Nation, I thought, was fascinating uh, because it was tough because in the beginning, we were running parallel with Funny or Die. Yeah. And once we got past Funny or Die, I think our show, like, blows up. Because I feel like because of Funny or Die, there was things we were, like, expected to talk about. Yeah. But, like, when we were uncovering, like, brand new insanity that was the later episodes of Kid Nation, oh, incredible. Uh, This is also another one, uh, the COVID-19 pandemic affects Kid Nation. Yeah. Because there was this weird resurgence of interest, partially due to the funny or die. Yeah. Partially due to the pandemic and everyone was just home watching weird stuff. Right. And Olivia writes a book in the fall of 2020. Mm Mm-hmm. And... Man, would I love if every show we had had a tell-all memoir by somebody involved in it. Yeah. I mean, as much as I, I say that like our Push Nevada episode is so good, there's so much good research in Kid Nation and like really breaking down stuff that only goes further when we interview Laurel. Yes. Who was amazing to talk to. She was to. delightful. She, yeah. And like she occasionally messages you for no reason. Yeah, I still talk to Laurel. She is still the best. She like we we talk about it on on the road, which we're not going to talk about much. No, but like we had wished we brought Laurel with us, <laughs> which is would have been a bananas road trip. Mm-hmm. We she would have had a good time on that trip. Well, I I should say this that like that is very a plus two comedy thing. Because the You've ver- spoken to us once, get in the car. The very first Plus Two comedy show, where it was the original lineup with TJ, we had met TJ once, and our second time together, we were driving 12 hours to Ohio. Oh my god. <laughs> so, like, it's like, we better be friends. Uh, and he was hammered when he got in the car. <laughs> but, yeah, talking to Laurel was the best, uh... 
I could have talked that that episode's an hour and a half. That could have gone for three hours for all I co- cared because she was so fun to talk to. She really was so much fun to talk to. Like by the end of it, I was like, I felt like I made a friend. Yes. And then we, after a month of Kid Nation, we're like, let's clear the palette with something I'm sure will be good because we love the Muppets. Let's watch Muppets now. And we've done other Muppets projects. We've done Curious Creations of Miss Christy McConnell, which had mm. a lot of DNA in common. They actually share a director in Kirk mm-hmm. Thatcher. Um, we'd also done the Muppets 2015, which I yes. really, which we really enjoy. God, do we enjoy it. And there's parts of it. There's parts of... Muppets 2015 that we just put on for a minute. Yes. Like, you're, you're Gonzo the Great. No, you're Gonzo, Gonzo the, the greatest. greatest. Yay! And like... I get a little teary-eyed just thinking about that moment. It's so good. Sometimes if some if we're somewhere and someone's like, oh, I'll talk to you later, you go, no, I'll just take the battery out of your car and remind yeah. you to talk to me. Remind you to come talk to me. And God, Muppets, Muppets Now is so bad. Muppets Now is infuriatingly terrible. And... But Muppets Now is one of those shows, the more connections we have with people who make shows, I, I do find myself trying to be gentle because it it's that remember the human, like, yeah. something I never, I always try to keep, um, I always try to keep this front and center in how I look at shows, is I always try to remember the human. Yes. That people made this show. Mm-hmm. This was somebody's baby. Yeah, somebody. And it's why when something is absolutely soulless, I can excoriate it. Yeah. Um, I want to make sure I use the word excoriated pop. Yes, I used it perfectly. Uh, criti- to criticize severely. Mm-hmm. And when something is really soulish and feels like a cash-in, I have no problem taking a big old shine and poop on it. Yes. And that's one of the reasons I get so mad at Muppets now is because Later that week, like after we watched Muppets Now as a palate cleanser, we watched Muppet Haunted Mansion. Which was incredible. Which has, which you'd think, being a corporate cash-in, being, you know, corporate synergy at its finest, Mm -hmm. felt like a Muppet show. Yeah. It does everything right. Mm Mm-hmm. Super good. Oh my god. Such a good... Uh, uh, Jay Cutler posts... How do you not know who Linda Cardellini is? That's Hawkeye's wife. And then we watched Hawkeye, and I was like, hey, it's Linda Cardellini. I can't believe you didn't know who Linda Cardellini is. Nope, had no idea. Because, I mean, I would have gone Velma from Scooby-Doo first, admittedly. But most people would not have faulted me for that. Yeah. But she is also Laura Barton. Yes. So. And the, the next one we watched is Secret Talents of the Stars. Yeah. I thought there were more episodes when we decided to watch it. Oh, did you? I did. <laughs> I didn't think it was... You didn't think it was a one episode? I didn't. And then well, when, like, was, we didn't see half Was the, that Patreon? I think that was Patreon. It might have been. <laughs> but yeah, that was, uh, that was a silly one. Um, that, that's one of the ones where I feel like we did our best job of saying how we would fix it. Yes. Because we pitched some real fun shows ideas there. Um, then it was Cartoon Lost and Found. This is kind of in that Blastazoid Steve Odekirk bucket mm-hmm. of it was just noise and loud. And I, we, we kind of had this weird back-to-back thing of nostalgia. Yeah. Of this one being first. I love Adam West. Yes. I love him so much. Uh, he was nice to me one time. Yes, he and was. And I love him forever. 
uh, because I'm like a dog. <laughs> nice to me one time, I'm come, you just you just kept feeding him. Um, I wanted to love this because mm. I love Adam West. And I do still love Adam West in this. Yes, he's, he's adorable. But, but it's a weird show. This is the episode that Listen to Me comes from. Because you give it a stay tuned and I cannot believe you. <laughs> this is what happens anytime we make a tier list. Anytime we have a tier list, we also have a fight. This is true. This is very true. Uh, then we head back to Norm. This is the other it's part two of the nostalgia failure. Yes. Uh, be, uh, that was like an odd success on YouTube. Oh, good. And not only was it successful, but like we recorded this like saying we are talking critically about the great late Norm MacDonald. People are going to show up and, and scream at us. This is like very positively received. And like I had a few conversations with people who were like, yeah, I wish the show was better. I really like Norm MacDonald. So, like, everyone was cool, which was great. I think because we very much remember the humans. Yes. I There's never a point where we're like, Norm MacDonald was never funny. Yeah. He was, he's bad and he should feel bad. Yeah, how could anyone like him? It's us talking about him as someone who was very, very, very legendary as a stand-up comedian. Yes. I mean, and as, like, a host. Like, when he was doing Weekend Update. Yeah. He is... Second to none in some of those things. Yeah. Uh, he's one of my favorite Weekend Updates. But he's not a great sketch actor. No. And he's not a great sketch writer. No. Uh, well, a lot of the the sketches were just his stand-up done as sketches. I found out later that the, the burn victim was a stand-up bit he used to do. So, take with that what you will. Uh and then to close things out, we got two more here. We got uh, How I Met Your Dad, which was... We have the, the Drew Tarver collection. The Drew Tarver collection. How I Met Your Dad and the Maple Worth Murders. How I Met Your Dad, we really do get into how this could be resurrected. Yeah. We talk a lot about what could be fixed in the show. Yeah, it was good to really break down a sitcom. Because we don't really do sitcoms very often. Sitcoms tend to get much longer runs. Yeah. And I think that's one of the... We're going to talk about this when we address fan questions at the end of, like, why we do certain genres and why we don't do certain genres. Mm-hmm. Mableworth Murders was our first Quibi show. Yes. And you know how I was talking about short cartoons being difficult? Mm-hmm. And how animated shows work best when they're styled like live-action shows? Yeah. Live-action shows are harder when they're styled like animated shorts. Yes. And this is a live-action cartoon. Yeah, I I really like doing Quibi shows. Yeah. I think this was a really... Because th- there's so much to talk about in terms of, like, what Quibi was as a service and things like that. So we're definitely going to do more Quibi shows. Yeah. But, like, I also feel weird about it because I feel like it's such inaccessible information. Like, I feel okay doing, like, a random pilot you've never heard of when you can go watch it on YouTube. Yeah. And I'm okay with doing a bigger show like The Amazing Race, which may be behind, like, the Hulu paywall, but... Is accessible. You know what The Amazing Race is. Uh, Quibi, like, I think a lot of people just didn't know about. Yeah. And, like, they may be hearing about Quibi for the first time through us, and then they may not have a Roku box. Yeah. I find it to be something very interesting to talk about, but I also find it kind of inaccessible. So, like, we'll be doing it sparingly. I, I think it's good. Because sometimes when we do certain... Pi- like, when we do shows like A Dollar a Second or Mapleworth Murders, 
Uh, it's times that coincide with us uh, being very, very busy in the real world. Yeah. So we're trying to do things where we can still deliver a good episode and deliver one in a way that's not going to take... Uh, we always say the 13-hour drama. Yeah. We don't do a lot of 13-hour dramas because right. they're very difficult to get all the watching and research and discussion through in one week when we're working or when we're... Like, we're going to come back with a longer mm-hmm. with a longer TV show because we are going to still watch and discuss. Yeah. During the hiatus, we're just not going to be releasing episodes. Yeah. So that was uh, season two as far as the rundown. Season three. Season three. Yeah, that one. Yeah, this was season three. So uh, Amos asks us, what's the most surprising thing for us this season? And you, you said it was uh, me not trying to cast Push Nevada into the fire. Push Nevada and Cartoons Lost and Found definitely were the things that surprised me. Uh, and I guess how much I enjoyed uh, Fantasy Island. I was expecting that to be much worse than it was. Um, how to... much I did not enjoy Hitchhiker's Guide. Hit, yeah, Hitchhiker's Guide was very disappointing. I've been told, though, that a lot of people told me, like, Hitchhiker's Guide's not great as a TV show. But I was like, but it's Douglas Adams. It has to be. Yeah, who? and it started as a radio drama. How hard can it be to make it a TV show? It's really hard. It's so. really hard. So the, I think that was a surprising moment for me. Uh, Muppets Now. Yeah. How hard it was to get through Muppets Now. But I think my most surprising moment had to be at the end of the Push Nevada episode. When you un- when you dropped this lo- long... <laughs> Unbelievable story. Ridiculous story that had three or four satisfying endings. <laughs> yeah. It was like a poker game, though. Like, you'd be like, okay... And then the stakes would raise. <laughs> and then the stakes would raise. And then it would just get more and more ridiculous until you finally drop that, mm-hmm. like, it got attention from corporations. Yes. And it's just, it's a part of, you know, you that, and we've been doing this show together for three years, mm-hmm. and we've known each other considerably longer than that. It was something that not only did I not know, but there would have been no other reason for me to know about it. Yeah. I will say there is one show on the list that I want to do that will end with another insane story. Okay. Not to the level of Push Nevada, but definitely a very unique, weird story. And uh, if we can find it, it is an NBC reality show called Treasure Hunters. Okay. If we can find it, I have an amazing story at the end of that one. It is not on Peacock. I have bothered Peacock on Twitter about getting it. Uh, but that's been on the list uh, for a while now. Um, other, other Episode one's on Daily Motion. Yeah, that, yeah, that's all you can find, though. Yeah, I'll find out. Um, so the other questions... Um, so, three seasons in, do you feel like your opinions have shifted on certain types of shows than from when you started? I was not a big reality show person before we started doing these shows. That's true. Like, co- competition reality shows. The only reality shows I really actively consumed were the VH1. I was like, if I'm going to watch reality, I'm going to watch top-tier garbage. And I'd watch, like, Daisy of Love, Rock mm-hmm. of Love, Bus. So, the fact that I'm now very in the weeds on reality show gameplay and I understand the psychology Mm -hmm. and the competition. Uh, That's something that really surprises me about how I feel about these shows. Yeah, I definitely feel like 
as deep as we and we're very good at like discussing game theory and like how things should work and things along those lines. Uh, I, I feel like it's very strange that there's so little sitcom in our repertoire. Uh, and it's because like it either runs an episode or 60. Yeah. But there are not a lot of sit and sitcoms do have tend to have a repetitive aspect to them that a lot of like that a drama might not have. So when you have a 22 half hour sitcom, it's not it's 11 hours of viewing. Yeah. That you might not be able to get two episodes out of. Yeah. I also think our view towards the Razzies has changed greatly. Because it used to be, look how bad these are, ha, 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 ha. And now there's a lot of like, oh, I see what they were trying for. No. There's also definitely an element of us deconstructing the Razzies themselves now. Yes. Of talking about, well, what makes a Razzie movie? Uh, Let's let's have that conversation now. Yeah. I, I pulled up the box office mojo for 2021. What do you think are going to be the Razzie films? Uh, I have my picks ready if you're if you need some time to think. I have my top pick in the can. Oh yeah, which is the same as mine. Yeah, Dear Evan Hansen. Dear Evan Hansen is my pick to win worst picture, worst actor, and worst on screen couple. Who for worst on screen couple? Uh, him and Connor. I was, yeah, I was like him looking down the lens. Him and Tree. <laughs> um, him and Tree. Uh, his mom and. Well, you could also argue him and his mom because yeah. at the end of uh, so, they, so Big, So Small. They almost look like they're going to make out and we all screamed. There's a weird sexual <laughs> tension to it that I'm uncomfortable with. So that's the first one that comes to mind yeah. for me. It's also exactly the kind of movie the Razzies love to go after. Because it's yeah. high profile enough that it flopping made a noise. Yes. And also it was something they do love crapping on musicals. Yes. Because for uh, for instance, in the Heights, flopped, mm-hmm. but it was critically really successful. People yeah. really liked in the Heights. I think West Side Story could give it a run for its money if West Side Story is bad. Yeah, because musicals just fail more beautifully than yeah. other uh, like because they musicals are so difficult. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've heard great things about Tick Tick Boom, which I will be watching probably in the next couple of days. Yeah, and. But it's so it's so hard to make a non-animated musical well. Yeah. That very it it's a very difficult magic trick that doesn't get pulled off very well very often. Uh, the the ones that I have on my list is uh, I have two from Amazon. Okay. I think that Cinderella yeah. that remake that got made was is pretty terrible. I also think there's a really good chance we will see the Tomorrow War. Okay. Which was that Chris Pratt movie about time travelers coming to the past to recruit you to a war that takes place in the future. That that seems pretty terrible. Um, th- there was a, uh, a Melissa McCarthy joint, which I think usually gets picked up. It's called like Thunder something. I think it was Netflix original. Thunder Force? Yes. That might not have been this year. Oh, really? Oh, no, it was. Turns out that was this year. Time is a flat circle. Yeah. Uh, I think there's a chance it's Eternals. I think Eternals is exactly the kind of movie they would want to do this with. Because mm-hmm. I've like I've only heard from my friend group good things about Eternals. 
But I know that a lot of people are, are dissing it. Yeah, there's definitely a glee to mm. taking out Marvel. Yeah. I could also see maybe Venom Let There Be Carnage getting the nod. I thought people liked that movie. People liked it, but like it didn't do well critically. It is one of the top... It's the second highest grossing movie of the year. Yeah, I think it'll be fine then. It outgrossed both Black Widow and Eternals. I, I think there's a real good chance we see Space Jam. Space Jam 2. That yeah. is exactly the kind of movie the Razzies love to go after. Yeah, especially because they, they enjoy the idea of like worst on-screen uh, pairing being like LeBron James and any animated character. Yeah. So that one's definitely one I could see. Uh, Boss Baby 2. Boss Baby 2, yeah. Old. I think everyone was just too happy to be back in a theater. Yeah, but the movie was bad. Oh, yeah. Somebody but they were still like, theater. told me the beach was gonna old me. <laughs> there were a lot of great old beach jokes, though, when it came out. But I remember the memes about the yeah. old beach more than I remember anything about the film. Yeah. Oh, they made a Peter Rabbit, too. Eh, no one needs to bring James Corden down another peg. I disagree. <laughs> I think we all know. Ban James Corden. Ban James Corden. I think we're all there. Uh, he better not get cast as, like, the wizard in the Wicked movie. <laughs> oh, I'm sure he will. Oh, no, he's going to be Dr. Dillamon, and they're going to make him the goat. Yeah, enjoy. Uh. <laughs> enjoy bringing that into the world. Now. Uh, any other questions? Oh, man, Snake Eyes came out this year. Escape Room, Tournament of Champions. I'm sure that movie's fine. Um, I'm sure it's fine. The first one was fine. I'm sure that one's fine. I'm sure Saul is fine. House of Gucci will probably get something because, like, people were really hot or cold on Lady Gaga. Ah, true. But I don't know that it's going to be worst movie. She might get a nod because some Mm. people really liked her and some people really hated her. I like scrolling through the box office and how many of them were re-releases of movies that had been, that are several years old. Top Gun made half a million dollars this year in theaters. It came out? No. I didn't think it did. No, no. The old one. Oh, oh, gotcha. Uh, Yeah, I don't think Maverick is out yet. Uh, While you're looking at that, I'll I'll bring up the, the next question here that Xavier asked. Uh, do you have a show you'd like to revisit? Yeah. Not from season three. Not from season three. Uh, I will say that uh, I have greatly wanted to go back and watch Muppets and Clone High again. Those are the two shows where I'm like, I'd really just enjoy watching them again. Not to do an episode. Yeah, I'm thinking about what shows I would love to revisit. Well, I think there's one answer, and that's Cop Rock. Yeah, I think... Uh, Cop Rock really needs the two-episode treatment. So I think this is something we'll be throwing to Patreon uh, during our hiatus. We're going to ask if they would like us to redo Cop Rock, and if they say yes, we should. Yeah, because I'm kind of currently scrolling through the first couple seasons, and that's really the only one that comes up that really could benefit from that treatment. Mm Mm-hmm. We did some really good ones through here. Just saying, looking through this, I'm like, oh yeah, that was a good one. That was a good one. Yeah. Um, we have a good show. We, we put on a good show. Yeah, I'm just, I'm kind of real, maybe maybe vampires. No, I never want to watch <laughs> vampires again. I think we said everything we need to say about vampires. 
Oh, God, that was a fun one. Oh, wow. That, uh, next to the Dana Carvey show, because it was episode 69, my note just says nice. <laughs> um, I, I wonder how we should handle season two of Tiger King. Because season two came out. Yes, we should talk about the, 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 the curse. The curse of Stay Doomed of the shows that come back. Because we are apparently getting season two of The Quest. Disney doesn't want to tell us when, but apparently we are. We're apparently getting season two of Clone High. That's next year, I believe. And we're getting season two of Tiger King, which our Clone argument... High season two's out. Or Tiger King season two's out. I'm so sorry. I just... I almost took a, a sip of beatbox to spit it in your face. Like, what? Like, I'm Jack McBrayer. <laughs> but yet, our big thing about Tiger King, though, was like, there shouldn't be a season two, because if you do a season two, it can't be called Tiger King. Yeah. But it's out. And at least one cast member's dead. Yeah. It's a completely different show. And I believe Carol Baskin refused to be part of it. As she should. They implied she murdered her husband. That bitch Carol Baskin murdered her husband. Yeah, so... And Matt Pat proved that wrong. So, yeah. Um, Clone High is in production. Yeah. it And it cannot be double-doomed. Double Doomed is something we've discussed between us several yeah. times. And it's the idea of a show that runs one season on one network, mm-hmm. is canceled and revived on another network, and then only runs one season yes. there. Muppets Tonight. Eerie Indiana. Eerie Indiana. Uh, but yeah, it's... Uh, I can't believe Clone High and Ted Lasso are the same guy. And the same guy as Scrubs. Yeah, in the Lego movie. Oh. No, uh, I'm talking about just Bill Lawrence. Oh. Uh, Phil Lord and Christopher Miller were the Lego movie Into the Spider-Verse and Clone High. But Bill Lawrence is Ted Lasso, Scrubs, Cougar Town. Yeah. He's the best. So angry. Huh? (laughs) Let's get him on the show. Oh my... I I would be so... uh, I'd be like Troy in Community when he meets LeVar Burton. (laughs) Just stare at him. I can't disappoint a picture. Uh, So I guess let's talk a little bit about the future here. Yeah. Uh, because I do want to say that we there's two shows that we promised on YouTube in comments that we never did. Yeah. Which were the entertainment uh, the entertainer presents a basement affair. Oh, don't don't threaten me with a good time. And America's most smartest model. Oh yeah. Which is a one season wonder we watched for fun before doing this show. Yeah, we watched it so long ago, just for funsies. Yeah, just kind of as something as a date. Uh, so we want to do that. Uh, we have the poll that's currently up. Yes. So we want to come back with a bang. So currently on our uh, Twitter, you can vote on one of these four, which is Terra Nova, Dr. Do, Facehand, Do No Harm, Do No Harm, Flash Forward, or... The Hulu Four Weddings and a Funeral. I yes. wanted to have a comedy in there because we were talking about comedies. Yes. Do we want to do one before we come back? Yes, I think we're going to do one. I, we haven't... I, I, how about we do, since we have Paramount Plus now, why don't we do uh, Time Traveling Bong? Okay. Yeah, let's do Time Traveling Bong. Not America's Most Smartest Model? No, Time Traveling Bong. All right. <laughs> okay. Uh, we also, since we have Paramount Plus now, we found... Uh, Klepper, Moonbeam City. Yes. Aeon Flux. A Double Shot of Love with Polly D. Yes. Action League Now. Yeah. Uh, Limitless. Yeah, the one about the the drug. Yeah, the one that's about, uh, it's based off the Bradley Cooper, John. Yeah. And uh, 
the new Archies. Yes, there's an Archie cartoon that is one season uh, that we are greatly considering doing. Because we also have to do that in Katie Keene. And then there's also uh, Rivervale. Yeah, we're, we're discussing... Which is a possibility. Uh, other ones we have on here are Baby Blues. Baby Blues we talked about forever. And uh, New York. we have several New York-based shows. Yes. Uh, New the York person, Goes to not Work. The Place. Uh, the Icon, Not The Place. Uh, New York Goes to Work, New York Goes Hollywood, and Scared Famous. Yes. Because we were... At one point, flirting with making September, uh, September's the month I was born, yeah. New York month. New York month. Uh, then it became Kid Nation month. Yeah. Uh, Kid Nation we... swallowed New York. Yeah, we're going to keep that wording. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's interesting because the actual, the tragic shooting on the set of Rust, Yeah, they were shooting in Bonanza City. Yeah, isn't that weird? And it's very strange to be like, I know that place. I read a long account of child abuse that happened there. <laughs> So it's it's very strange. Yes. Uh, So we are trying to do a bunch of of new stuff here uh, in season four. Uh, We're trying to keep the Patreon more uh, involved. We did a bunch of Patreon exclusive episodes. Perhaps we should do a Patreon retrospective. Okay. Where we'll we'll go back and we'll talk about all those episodes as well. Uh, And we'll we'll be releasing a a couple, at least two of those in December as well. Uh, because we owe you guys some. Uh, but thank you so much for being patrons and, and having a voice and asking us these fantastic questions. God, do I love doing Stay Doomed. I, yeah, it's so interesting to me that this was almost canceled after one season. Yes. That was the I, original idea behind this. Yeah, it was we were going to do brand new podcasts every year. And then I remember you and I going for a walk and kind of arguing over different ideas. Mm-hmm. And not being able to agree on anything. Yes. And uh, we're actually going to do one of those ideas for a Patreon-exclusive episode. So keep your ears to the groin. To the groin? Yikes. Keep your ears to the ground. Beatbox! Uh, For uh, our unfulfilled spinoff idea, quintessential episode. We'll be doing that some point very, very soon. Would you like me to put out some some highlights of... Shows that we are someday hoping to do. Sure. Because uh, I have the original list. This is the OG list of shows that we wanted to do. I'm curious how many we actually got done. Um, Honestly, it looks like we have a fair few. I'm kind of going through and bolding anything I know we already did. All right. So I'm things we hope to do. Uh, Viva Laughlin, which is a musical that I believe starred Hugh Jackman that ran two episodes in NBC. Don't remember this at all. Uh, We wanted to do uh, The Wonder Woman, the failed one with Adrian Palicki. Yes. Uh, We've been trying to find Work It, which is a... We've been looking for Work It for a long time. Yeah, which is a modern modern version of Bosom Buddies that didn't have the benefit of Tom Hanks. Uh, The Weird Al Show, which is entirely on YouTube. Yes. It's just long. The XFL. The XFL was a weird thing we've always discussed, but it came back. Yeah. They had a second season. Uh, the Jim Henson Hour? Yep. Um, the Cape? The Cape, we said, was going to be episode 150? Yes, we said it was going to be episode 150. It was supposed to end season three, but here we are. Um, Tales of the Gold Monkey? Tales of the Gold Monkey? Yeah, Tales of the Golden Monkey is kind of uh, like Fire... Kind of like Firefly for me of... It's something... That I have because it was my father's. Oh, gotcha. Uh, And it's something that he 
left me. Mm-hmm. And so I've kind of always wanted to watch that and uh, Briscoe County. Okay. Which is a Bruce Campbell vehicle. Hmm. Because I have that weird... Super Train is one we've always talked about doing. Yes, Super Train we, we look for on occasion. Uh, spaced, I feel like, is our safety school. Space! We're, we're always totally going to do Spaced one day. I've wanted to watch Spaced for a decade. <laughs> um, Rise, which was the high school musical drama. Right. That I kind of mentioned wanting to do um, several times. We just kind of haven't. Uh, outsourced. Outsourced, yes. The Napoleon Dynamite cartoon. Yes, that's that's been on the list forever. Uh, two that if you know where you can fi- if we can find them, please let us know. Pelswick and My Brother and Me. Yes. There are not a lot of failed Nickelodeon shows. Yes. Those are two of the ones. And then there's ones that we should have done by now, like My So-Called Life. Yeah, we haven't done My So-Called Life or Freaks and Geeks uh, or Emily's Reasons Why Not. Yeah, some of these, uh, Kolchak the Night Stalker. I have no idea what that is. Uh, Jersey Girl. No. Or Made in Jersey, excuse me. Uh, there's at least one of these I don't even know that actually ever came out. Yeah. Of Hieroglyph, that there were things advertising it. Oh, it didn't. <laughs> uh, Emerald City. Freaks and Geeks. Ford Nation. Ford Nation? Oh my god. I've been like thinking about suggesting that to you for a while. Uh, GCB. GCB. Uh, it stands for Good Christian Bitches. Oh. And it had a title change mid-season because they didn't want to use the word in it. Christian? Sure. <laughs> uh, Dead of Summer, which was a... There's a couple freeform shows, like yeah. Dead of Summer and Huge. We've never done a freeform show, have we? And I've wanted to do Huge for a while. we got to do a freeform show. And I think the other big one that I can't believe we've never done is um, Birds of Prey. I didn't know that was a one-season wonder. I mean, um, I, I clearly did at some point when we made this list, but I don't remember that. I don't know that you made this list with me. Oh, okay. This might have been me going through and, like, just combing, like, articles about one-season wonders. Yeah. And just kind of, like... Because I also have, can I find it, uh, category slash theme and how many episodes. And there's at least a few in here that I know the amount of episodes is wrong. Oh, really? Uh, Do No Harm is listed as two. The entire season does exist. Yes, yes. So stuff like that. I'm gonna. I might actually shine this up. Shine this up and fix it up, mm-hmm. knowing what I know now. Yeah, and also what we super gotta do is drop out. We gotta go do uh, total forgiveness. Yes, uh, that's definitely one that we really need to get in there. Yeah, jump on that. But thank you so much for hanging around here for three seasons of Stay Doomed. Uh, if you're new to the group or. You've been with us from the beginning. We really appreciate you. We really enjoy doing this. Uh, feel free to join the Patreon. Uh, we are going to be in there all December doing little chats with you guys. And you get to be part of our exclusive Discord and help choose what we're listening to next. Where can people find us? You can email us at thestaydoomedshow at gmail.com. Or on Facebook and Twitter at Stay Doomed. There's a bunch of stuff I forgot to say. So okay. let me just jump into this real quick. Okie dokie. Uh, one is, thing I wanted to say is I think one of the reasons why our numbers drop on uh, at, at one point is we start releasing the episodes on Patreon. So our Patreon listeners listen there instead of bringing the numbers up in yeah. other places. think that's possible. Uh, I also think that part of it is that 
we are now part of a, a podcasting network. Woo! The IWEP Network. Uh, so be sure to go to IWEPnetwork.com and check out all the other shows there. We are actually, this. it doesn't factor in listens we get through there, mm-hmm. but we're actually the most listened to show on the IWEP Network. So thank oh, you thanks, so guys. much. But be sure to check out the other shows. There's fantastic shows, interviews with everyday people, uh, Not Cool in High School, all great shows as well. But thank you so much for listening to us on the IWEP Network. Uh, I also want to say that when I check out the statistics... It very strangely says we have like four or five listens tomorrow. Time zones. Yeah, it's because of time zones. We have a few listeners in Australia and Vietnam. Hi, guys. So hello to you guys because you guys seem to be around a lot. Like it seems to be a, a nice little collective. So hello to listeners in Australia and Vietnam. Yeah, hi. This is cool. So, yes, I wanted to get that out there. Now we can say goodbye. Uh, The one thing, I I do think we talk about it a little bit. I do think it's interesting how the pandemic changed seasons two and three a lot. Yes. Uh, It was so interesting when the world started to reopen, having to relearn the production schedule. Yes, because when the world started to reopen, we lost a bit that we used to do a lot, which was... The song for the interrupting coffee pot. Interrupting coffee pot. I'm the interrupting coffee pot. Yeah. Because when we were recording, the coffee pot would turn off and beep. But now, we usually go out and get coffee from, like, the Wawa before we record. So the coffee pot's not on. So that's why we haven't done that bit in so long. Yeah, we're also recording a little later in the day than we used to. Yeah, this is very true. Uh, We're recording after dark. Yeah. The coffee pot would have long turned off by now. See, this is true. So, uh, thank you guys for three seasons. We're excited. Uh, We're going to still be working on stuff during the hiatus, but we'll be back to putting out regular content on... Who's Googling a January 2022 calendar? Not me. Uh, Yeah, it's me. Uh, we will be back to putting out content on January 4th. Well, content will still be coming out. We'll be back to putting out Stay, Stay Doomed, doomed content on January 4th. Yes. Uh, and if you want to suggest possible shows that you'd like to hear on Season 4 of Stay Doomed, I'm at Plus Two Comedy. If you have suggestions for alternate content, we are still working on launching a new website. And if you have ideas for essays you'd like to see, if you want us to start putting more of our uh, pour one out cocktail recipes on there, let me know. I am at Bean Bunny Lives. Until next time, stay doomed.